With Tyson Bryden. Welcome to Nonstop Rock Talk. This is your host, Tyson Bryden. Today, I'm very happy to welcome Mick Michaels and Mad T from Philadelphia band Corners of Sanctuary. Uh, welcome, Mick. Welcome, Mad T. How's it going, guys? All right, man. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Right on. Now, for my listeners that may not be familiar with Corners of Sanctuary, um, kind of give me a bit of a rundown about the band, when you guys kind of started, uh, the whole the whole deal, I guess. <laughs> um, we're Corners of Sanctuary. We're considered uh, the new wave of traditional American metal, and we formed in 2011. Uh, some of us were working on a, a reunion project for a band that we were in in the 80s called Seeker. And during that project, we had decided, well, we started talking that we wanted to do some music, some projects uh, that reflected more of our roots and some of the music that we were hearing and we wanted to hear. So we started, you know, putting together some tunes and stuff like that. And by 2011, early 2011, uh, we formed Corners of Sanctuary. And we've kind of been off and running ever since. You guys have done a lot of albums since then. Yeah, you know, I mean, again, we're a band. We like to write. Um, if we were winning uh, football championships, I guess we wouldn't be too much of a band. So <laughs> we like to write music. And, uh, you know what I mean? It, um, it just works for what we do. You know, we enjoy it. So it's easy to do. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, now, I always like to ask this about, about, an art, about artists. Uh, kind of like, can you give me kind of a rundown of what kind of influenced you guys to do music? Well, for the band overall, um, it's a collection of a lot of the the early roots, like uh, new wave of British heavy metal, the early wave of American metal at the time, you know, late seventies, early eighties. You, know, you got Judas Priest and Maiden, um, Sabotage. You know, you got. I mean, there's even Sabbath influence there, Dio, things like that. But then you have Queensrÿche and early Rat and Dokken and you know things of that nature. Um, yeah. That, that's kind of that's kind of like where our music has grown from, right? Like where we took inspiration from, because that's what we grew up in. Yeah. Um, but you know, we we it's, it it is a throwback type of sound, but it's not dated. There is a modernness to it. Um, and actually, when Matt T joined the band, he brought more of a modern drum style um, to what we were doing, which actually, um, in my opinion, opened up our opportunity to be more musical. Right. And by that, it's leaving more room for the vocals. There's a lot more air, a lot more interpretation to what, you know, uh, the listener could get out of the music. Right. Now, Matty, who, who influenced you to play drums on? Um, really, it was Jewish Priest for the longest time. I, it was British Steel and Screaming for Vengeance. And then when I actually finally came around to um, uh, Defenders of the Faith, it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And then I'll sprinkle in there, you had, um, you had, uh, you had Iron, Iron Maiden, you know, th- those, those are like the kind of the two big, big pushers. But then when I kind of went out 
I, I, I started to like get to the Ramones, the Sex Pistols, and actually really enjoy that uh, that simple driving beat. That um, you know, that it, it, you know, it's simple and driving. So why not? So why not use it, right? <laughs> it's inherent to, to that music. So it just kind of kind of helps us. You know, he has this has a simplistic style that has a sophistication to it because he doesn't. We've worked with drummers in the past that that try to outdo everything else that's going on. Like sometimes they're competing with the singer and they're trying to demonstrate all that they can do. And that's fantastic and all, but it doesn't necessarily always help the song. Sometimes more is just, that's what it is. It's just more. So that openness is what I think this band had needed. So when he joined, you know, the ranks, it really changed uh, how we went about um, putting the music together. So it was, for, for us, it's been pretty cool. So those styles um, that he brings is definitely a major influence, which helps push us in our arrangement songwriting past just that, you know, traditional wave of metal that we grew up on. So cool. well, it, also the styles based around how of how we write. I mean, actually, most of the time for uh, rehearsal, we we kind of have like a singer coming sparingly because because of schedules and stuff i mean barring barring these these past year and a half or so nice. <laughs> like, like we've we've been, we've played we've played rehearsals just the you know the, the three of uh, in, in, instrumentally so um bands prior i you know it would be everyone there uh so i mean you could you could em- embellish everything when when a singer does one thing or, or another thing but here it's 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 very music driven, and if I, I, I'm in my mind, if you know, if I felt to do all this stuff, and I have no idea where the singer or the or the singing or the lyrics are going to play, and then I'm going to screw up the entire flow of the song, and that's not what, in my mind, the drummer is supposed to do. Because I mean, I'm, I'm sure you heard songs where where a drum thing is just like, why is that that screws up something with the guitar or the or the lyrics. Oh, cool. So it's 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 it's, it's kind of like well since you know since I don't have that leisure of um, playing playing with the singer every time that we have rehearsal it's like well then let me just get the chops down of doing doing the simple backbeat or whatever it is so that w- when the singer does come in it's you know it's, it's kind of like a new experience every time you know what I mean yeah like yeah, do you guys I mean less is, you know, honestly less is more yeah I agree. Right. You know, and it being, being that we're a single guitar band, um, less is more. So it's important the impact that we have with the singularity that we're using. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you kind of attribute that to, I mean, ACDC, for instance. I mean, <laughs> the, there's no, there's, there's not a lot of like crazy drumming in an ACDC sure. song. Sure. It's, it's straight and to the point, but it works, right? Yeah, absolutely, and absolutely, it feels good. Yeah, without yeah, without that strong bat feet, you know, what do you have? I mean, you really do get lost. So to me, it's very important. I, I mean, it's collectively very important. Every every piece of the puzzle. Yeah. But uh, if you're competing for space, like businesses do, right on the market, they're all competing for shelf space. Uh, somebody always gets squashed. That's that's not what's good for the song. Everybody has to have kind of a, an understanding that the song takes precedence over any one individual or instrument. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Matt T, you mentioned um, you mentioned Judas Priest and British Steel. I mean, thinking of a song like Living After Midnight, it's pretty much just a straight beat as well. 
but yeah. it but it works, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's that was kind of the um, influence or just the idea that you know that uh, I guess cemented in my mind. I mean, even even some of the um, even as progressive as Nico uh, McBrain can get. I mean, he he still has that that, that simple driving backbeat, whether it's in um, Alexander the Great or um, Aces High. I mean, it's it's still you know it's it's still something that he pushes through. There's 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 not like him being stuck with my, with the, his with with his thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he drives him and Steve Harris drive the band, and drive the song. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. They drive the song, and that's probably what I, I think. In some ways, Iron Maiden's a kind of a progressive band, but at times it it also comes across as commercial as well because of I think because of that that style, right? Right, right. So it works. Now let's talk about your latest ep entitled blood and steel volume one which is on rfl records uh this is your second release with the label the first being a full-length album entitled heroes never die which came out 20 last year this year uh, last year it came out last year, last year. Last yeah year. right uh so let's talk about the title why blood and steel well um, this is our 10th anniversary for the band, so we're celebrating that this year. We actually had a lot of things planned in terms of touring and stuff, but that isn't going to happen. So, Blood and Steel, it just kind of reflects what we feel we've done and demonstrated in our commitment to this goal of spreading our music, creating it, spreading it. So, you know, the blood, sweat, tears type of thing, and the steel is kind of like the, you know, the guitar strings and, and you know, cool. the trucks and the, the equipment that we move around <laughs> and stand, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a play on words. So, um, and with that, there is a lot of sacrifice that goes along with that blood and steel, right? Yep. So, and it could be, you know, we're, we've sacrificed pieces of our lives to be able to do this. So, we're commemorating it through not only through the title, but we decided to instead of doing another full release so soon after uh, Heroes Never Die, we decided to break it apart and do it in three installments: Volume One, Volume Two, and a Volume Three later this fall. Um, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at, you know. With it, it's just kind of one of those. There's a line in one of the songs on the on Volume One that talks about, like you know. It, he talks about blood and steel. Um, you've made this pact with blood and steel. You know, you've gone into battle um, with with sword and shield in hand, and and the pact with your blood, so to speak. You know, your commitment to the cause, and that's kind of where we're at. That's cool. So now, in 2019, going way back to 2019, because 2019 seems like it's so long ago after the last year. Sure. <laughs> with all the COVID stuff, uh, you toured quite a bit, supporting the likes of Bullet Boys, Grim Reaper, Blaze Bailey, Lost in Line, Janet Gardner, the Iron Maidens. I'm curious about those different audiences. I mean, what audience demographic was the most receptive to the sound that you guys do? Was it, was it, were some gigs, like, I mean, some of those bands are a little bit popular, yeah. I guess you would say. Was, was the reception different each each time out well with um the benefit about being a fan that's been around a bit or and or that has a big catalog back catalog is that we can um uh, interchange some some of our songs for other 
other other songs to fit the uh, the bill. Yeah, the bill. The bill. Right. But like we the Janet Gardner, who's you know, who's, who's a little more on the rocky side. We played a few more of our rocky tunes, and when we did Iron Maiden, we or, or the Iron Maidens, I should say, we, and and actually and Blaze, yeah, Blaze, and even Grim Reaper. I mean, we you know we we kind of played our heavier stuff. Heavier stuff, yeah. So I mean, it. I mean, we do have. I mean, we we are conscious or aware of what the audience is is, is going to be. I mean, we don't want to sacrifice what uh, cause or point of sanctuary is live, but we can we can still throw in. Yeah, I mean, it's all us, all all that us, right? And you, know, you want to. I think a rule of thumb in this business is you got to play to your crowd, right? Right. Yep. So, um, I mean, we're not a super, super heavy band. We're also not a super light band. We're, we kind of, I mean, in reality, I guess, according to some standards today, we can fall into uh, hard rock to your classic heavy metal type of scene. We have some stuff that's a little heavier and some stuff that's just about right for, you know, maybe just a tad bit heavier than just regular rock. So when we actually first, we, we did two shows with... Um, bullet boys and the first one we actually some people were like hey i don't understand why you guys are doing this they're so light compared to you guys and it's like it doesn't see that doesn't we don't think of it that way you know? hey, we're playing with bullet boys this is just smooth up in you you know what exactly you about? yeah and uh and that those shows went over great i mean and the janet gardner show you know from uh vixen uh that was a phenomenal show she and her husband were backstage they watched us they enjoyed it um, chatted with them, you know, a while after the show. I mean, it's the crowd enjoyed it. I think if you're demonstrating you're having a good time and you're confident about your music, it comes across. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. We had, back when we first started, a lot of venues didn't know actually where to put us because you know we have that traditional sound and you know melodic death and and the growling and the screamo kind of stuff was still kind of popular so we were being lumped in with a lot of those bands and they were tougher crowds to win over it took maybe three or four songs because we just didn't fit the normal bill at that time yeah uh, i mean when we played for butcher babies we we had a fantastic reception um, and we enjoyed it. That was that's one of those those great shows that you know we took it because we we thought it would be a good gig overall, but we didn't expect to be received as well as we did. It was kind of a shock to us, but we, you know I, we don't have a fear about that, man. We we played with uh, we opened for um, uh, Joey Belladonna, right? He does a uh, a solo set where he's he does all rock classics yeah i mean journey and rush yeah, he's a big fan of that stuff i believe and and, and, he, and he plays for three hours straight man wow. singing and, yeah singing and drumming all at the same time anyway we opened up for him and it was a phenomenal show because there was non-metal people there right not that we have problems with metal people we love metal people we're metal people but it was a completely different crowd than we were used to it was just a regular rock hard rock type of crowd and uh, it went over fantastic. I mean, for us, we loved it. It was it was a great time. So we don't really have that many reservations in terms of the bands that we play with. Man, we'll open up for Justin Bieber if he wants to take us on tour. <laughs> we'll we'll make some converts for sure. You know what? That's so funny. I I laughed because there's a, I don't know if you ever seen it, but there's a there's a Motley Crue clip on YouTube of Nikki Six and Vince Neil and. 
somebody mentions something about, about Justin Bieber and Vince Neil says, well, they wouldn't even let him in the arena if he was opening for us. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like, and then you just see, like, and Nikki Six is giving the thumbs down and Vince Neil's just shaking his head. It was, it was, it was pretty funny. It's pretty comical, but... But so that, when that, you mentioned Justin Bieber, I thought of that, and it made me laugh. Of, so that actually reminds me of, of uh, I, you know, this was this was probably like ten years ago with um, Ozzy, Ozzy doing like a like a four a four G commercial or something like that, and he you know he's all in this whatever in his in his garb, yeah, garb, and he's like four four G this, and, and it's like somehow they they put it's like okay, Ozzy, you're gonna be you're gonna be with the uh, Justin Bieber, and he's like, what the fuck's with Justin Bieber? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Now I I understand in 2019 the you guys also played at the infamous Whiskey a Go Go. Was that the first time playing there? That was the first time playing there. We had opened for the Iron Maidens, um, and that just that's like one of those shows that was. I was like, wow! It was like wow! Like you know, um, he, the crazy thing is, is for for me, it happened. It, it was all happening so fast, so much, it's almost like part of it's a blur. Yeah. That's how, it was so exciting. Well, 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 here, well here was the thing, we had, we had to get there early, and we, and we wound up being one of the, one of the bands that could be, could be up in like, was it, was yeah, it like a green, green room? room? Yeah, we got, a, we got our so, own so green room and all. We were royalty for a couple hours. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so we were literally waiting up there for... For a couple hours until it's until, until it's our turn. So that is that's that's like a couple hours, and then our show time's like what was it, thirty minutes, forty five minutes, something like that. Yeah, yeah. that, and then and then it was like okay, back up, back up into um, the, the green room, green room, and then we're all sitting all there, merch table. Yeah. So, so I mean, we're kind of just sitting there, like, what holy happened? shit, that's just like yeah, <laughs> holy shit, it just it goes. <laughs> but it, it was. It, Listen, the, the Iron Maidens are a fantastic band, and they packed the house. They were yeah. playing that their that's their territory right there. Yeah. So it was a packed house, two floors, and um, it was it was pretty awesome. We have a song called "On the Hunt," um, and it's a real easy chorus, "On the Hunt," um, <laughs> and we have a part that we try to get the crowd to sing, and it's later in the set. And again, we were it was totally taken back that. The whole, the whole place is singing on the hunt, and we were That's just. Cool. I mean, we it was just amazing, and it just it was really a cool show. Did anybody catch any capture any footage of that? Was it on um, YouTube or anything? There were there was there was some stuff on our Facebook page. We actually had a camera, <laughs> but somebody knocked it over. Oh and it shit! Has, it, has, <laughs> yeah. it, has, it has the sound, yeah. but it has. Video of black, of black, okay. and okay. see a little light every so often. So we were kind of we, and we didn't know, you know, it was we, we it was like shh, and then and then the camera yeah, fell. So, I mean, somebody was, was moving around um, on the side stage there on the right, and it just you know we were unaware of it at that point. So, but it is what it is. We do have some photos from it, and uh, I mean, what little of my memory I have left, there's something in there. That's cool. I've never been to the. I've never been to L.A. and I've never been to the whiskey. Is it? Like and I I should know this, but is it how big is it? Like in how many like how many people would you get in the whiskey? Um, I think they, well, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I would maybe, say maybe a few hundred. No, no, there was no, it was more than that. Uh, there was, I mean, several hundred could be on the second tier there, but on the floor, I mean, 
thousand fifteen hundred something like that. It's not a gigantic place, but it's a, it's a good open size place. Yeah, but it has a nice bar in the back and and all that. It's got a good size stage. So, listen, man, to us, I didn't care how big it was. You know how many people stood on that stage from I Zeppelin, know. I know. you know, Hendrix, Kiss to just Van, to, just to Van two, yeah, the Van Halen. Just two days before we played, um, uh, who's there? Different name people. Oh, uh, Sabaton? No, 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 no. Uh, the, the punk. God, I can't. I can't even remember who what the, who they are. I tell. I tell. Oh, uh, Green Day. Oh yeah, Green Day was there. <laughs> before we were. So it was pretty cool. Wow, wow. There was a. Uh, what's his name? What's the singer's name? Billy. Um, his sweat may have still been on the stage. <laughs> yeah, Billy. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. No, it was. It was really cool. No, that's very cool. Now. I want to talk about a few of the, the tracks on the EP. Um, Calling a New Day. Uh, I love the vocal of Frankie Crossy. You know what? It kind of reminds me of Exodus, to be honest with you. His vocal. He kind of reminds me of one of the, the, the better thrash singer, singers. It's kind of like a cross for me between... And some of the music on that reminds me of Exodus or Metal Church as well, off of like um, Blessing in Disguise. That's kind of... I don't know if you, you guys may have never heard that before, but that's kind of what I got out of it, which I thought was really cool because I love those two bands. So, Well, that, that is cool. We haven't heard that, but that's cool. Um, I definitely think that this EP is a little darker, a little grittier for us. So it has more of an edge. Right. Um, and I think that Frankie's vocal performance adds to that as well. Um, his voice is a bit different on this than it has been on um, some of our previous uh, projects with him. And, you know, I mean, we're changing. He's changing, you know, and we're changing together. I mean, stuff's going to happen. We're not going to kind of repeat the exact same thing. But, I mean, it's always a corners of sanctuary style. But I think that this is definitely... Our bass player, James, likes to call it. It's more modern, right? Um, I just think it's it's still us. It's still corners of sanctuary. But it just has a, a little darker tone to it. Um, in some of the writing, uh, and then, and then some of that vocal performance, I think really is what's giving it that extra edge. So that's cool. Thank you. No problem. Um, so, I mean, in terms of writing, when you're writing a song for the band, do you, do you set out in, in any certain way? Okay. It's like, okay, I'm writing this. This doesn't sound like what I want the band to sound like, or do you keep your options open and it doesn't, you don't limit yourself. So we 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 kind of we kind of don't limit ourselves. We I mean we Mick writes like a song every three hours. So I mean, <laughs> good for you. <him. laughs> so it's uh, kind of like oh okay. Uh, I mean we, we'll we'll kind of have like I don't know like fifteen songs by you know by the by the end of the week or the end of the month whatever. And um, and we just kind of like okay, well why don't we try that? Well, I mean the first thing is, is like okay, we'll we'll just try to put drums to everything and then kind of go from there just to see, you know, just to see where things are. And once, once the song starts to take shape that way, then it's like, okay, well now, well now we have a better idea of what this sounds like of what we want to do with it. I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's been, I don't want to say lighter songs, but like there's been lighter songs we've cosified or made heavier in a different way that still retains that, 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 that cause, um, Image or live yeah, yeah. sound. So I mean, yeah, we kind of do keep our options open. 
Yeah, well, when I when I write, I usually write in chunks, and by that I mean like you know maybe three or four songs are written over the course of a of a short time, uh, and it keeps to a theme, yeah. so to speak. Um, I don't I don't go out and plan to say look I'm going to write a song like such and such such and such. I, I'm not that smart to do that. I kind of I do riffing, I noodle around a little bit. If I hear something in my head while I'm playing, I try then to bring that out. Sometimes it comes close, sometimes not at all. Um, I'll work on riffs that I really like and then present them. You know, when we work them, we demo them with T, and uh, and I go, nah, that's just not that's just not working right. Or we change them right up in the spot. You know, he does something, and I go, oh, let's do this instead or whatever. So it, we, we keep our options open, and I think that because we do write often and a lot, we're, to us it's just like honing your craft, just like if you were a painter or yep. a paper hanger or I don't know, whatever you were, <laughs> you know, a main carpenter. Um, you know, you want to hone your craft. Some things get get thrown to the wayside and go, nah, let's, we can shelf that or rework it or don't use it at all, or it gets broken apart and say, let's take that. But um, yeah, we, we try to keep our options open. He and I have worked on some other projects as well. Uh, we got like a, a Doom Groove type project kind of like we're working on right now, which is a little different uh, than Corners of Century, at least from our point of view. We're yeah. approaching it slightly differently with uh, with other um, goals in mind. And, and we've done some lighter stuff. Like uh, we just released in February a, a side project called Starlight, which is kind of a contemporary lounge rock. Oh, wow. Uh, know with a, the female fronted vocals um and it's more like for us it's like a late 70s real early 80s kind of like like venue rock like club like you'd go into the clubs and you'd find you'd hear these bands playing you know um and that uh, he's drumming style he added like even though it's it's not necessarily that particular not for that style but he's thrown in a little double bass but tastefully and accenting so it really, uh, it means available now on Exquisite Noise Records as a cheap promo here. But, oh, uh, you know, promo away. <laughs> but check it out. You know, it's way different. It's not metal, um, but it, it was fun. It was cool to work on. That's cool. Um, has there ever been a time where you brought in a song and it totally changed from what your vision of it was? That it was like it totally went out in left field and maybe you liked it more? Has that ever happened, or does he? Does it usually kind of just kind of stick to you guys work around what that is? No, we've changed. We've um, yeah, we've we've changed some stuff. Whether it be a, you know the type of drum beat that I'm doing, or you know the type of picking or strumming or whatever Nick does. Um, I mean, it's you know our goal is to make sure that the song sounds good or great or. Which you know, whichever one of the three words you want to pick. Yeah. But um, like I mean, we're you know we're kind of open to yeah. Doing we different we have we have songs that have been in the set for quite a few years, and when T joined the band, um, we changed a lot of them. Really. To to reflect where we were and what we were doing. Songs change over. Like the more you play them the more they change, right? right? Yep. So songs off the first album aren't played exactly like they were on the album. They're either played faster, there's additional parts, there was some stuff added a lot. We actually, over the year, the past four years, five years, have re-recorded a lot of songs from the first two albums that we did uh, with new 
parts, new arrangements, so to speak, uh, even some new lyrics. But wow. so nothing really is permanent. And that's the beauty for us of, of music. It, it, it's constantly evolving as we evolve. At least we hope we're evolving. Yeah. Um, we wrote a song years ago called Juggernaut. And it was on our first album. When that song was first recorded, it was not even the one that made it on the album. It was recorded. We had it. And I was like, I don't like this song. It's, it's, it's too long. And I wrote it. So I was like, it's too long. And whatever. It's for it. So I totally tore it apart, grabbed some essence of this part and that part, and totally rewrote the song, shortened it. And then we recorded it for the first album. And then we wound up re-recording it again for an EP we did in... Actually, 2019, we did um, uh, What We Leave Behind. Oh, right. Or, yeah. yeah, What We Leave Behind. We redid it. We did new vocals to it, new lyrics, a couple new arrangements. And uh, the song just, you know, it's stellar, in my opinion. It's, it just evolved and gotten better. But yeah, we, we've, we change stuff all the time, man. We're, we're kind of like George Lucas. <laughs> you know, we're kind of getting in there always tweaking stuff. Hence, you're wearing a Star Wars shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, I think that's cool. Oh, sorry. Here, this, no, it's okay. Sorry. If you want to hear some of those, uh, re- I don't, don't want to say remakes, but like the evolutions of, of the songs, you can absolutely check them out on on um, on the EP or album. E- either either one, because 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 we probably we uh, release a lot of stuff, but it's you know the release is called Finding Sanctuary has a lot of that. Uh, song evolution that uh, make make was yeah we that, that was that was an album that we did um, a number of new songs and a number of n- older songs that were completely redone retitled we changed drum beats we changed some guitar parts new leads were it was just you know it, we just felt like this is what these songs needed and it reflected a lot of what we were doing live you know you again remember as I said you played to the crowd and you found that hey these songs will work if we just whatever it is, you know what I mean? And then that becomes the norm. The album doesn't become the norm anymore for us because we've moved past it. So that's what we, that's what we, and then we said, all right, well, let's put it on an album, make it more of our today norm. Who knows what tomorrow will be, but you know. That's amazing. I love it when bands, I do love it when bands do that. You know, you hear a song on a first album and then they'll go back to like, say like four albums later and they'll re-record it and you're like, oh man, that's, I like this better. But some people don't like that. They get they get really you know like if someone it, it's kind of a fine line. If someone takes a hit song and the band redoes it, sometimes people don't they don't get it right. They don't they don't understand. But for the artist, it's it's exciting to them to be able to go and do that, right? Sure, sure. So yeah. that makes that makes total sense. Yeah, and, and it's, it's you're working on growth. You're changing. At, you know things are changing as you're changing. You're your thinking changes. You know, everything's not always perfect. That's the problem. We can never really res- get to that perfect state, but we strive for it. Right. So, you know, you, you, you do your best, and there's always things that you go, well, you know, you have to be let this go at this time and let go, you know, let go at that time. But then later on, when you may have more of a luxury with time or just the, you know, you have more say in what you're doing, you, you get that, you get that opportunity. So. Oh, that's cool. Now, in the heat of a fight, <laughs> that's a cool title, by the way. Um, what was your thinking on this one, like lyrically? What, what is it? Is it a metaphor, or is it actual in the heat of a fight? Uh, we write a lot of metaphor type stuff, right? We use 
we use battles and war and physical confrontation, um, so to speak, to kind of use as example or reference to, you know, overcoming challenges and finding personal empowerment. I mean, listen, it could be that person you're fighting could be yourself, right? We all go through that. So uh, we use a lot of that because it seems more interesting, doesn't it? It it, it really puts in. And if you're looking for an aggressive sound and an aggressive lyric to go with it, I mean, we're not telling people to go out and beat people up, but you're talking about, you know, like we, we have a song called Wrecking Ball, which is kind of like you're almost talking, you're talking, one guy's talking to another guy as he's pummeling, <laughs> right? You're going you're gonna to a left and a right and so on and so forth. Wrecking um, pain. You know, <laughs> you know, you're a wrecking, a wrecking ball pain. But really, what, what pain we're trying to say is, is that, you know, if we confront the things that are opposing us for obstacles for us to reach our goal and listen musicians are faced with that all the time i mean look at 2020 and as we move on right so it's it's that kind of thing but you know it could be our goal is is to let the the listener kind of interpret it almost their own way everybody's going to have that that uh that personal connection um to the lyrics or to the music and then make their own assumptions based on their own experience experiences so i think that's cool you kind of have to use your imagination to go around what the lyric is saying yeah you listen music is like reading a book it is i mean we're so used to now well i'm still not because i'm of an older generation but uh, people are so used to seeing it on the screen immediately like if it doesn't show up in six seconds we click on something else yeah i know (laughs) you know that kind of thing um i you know um this requires still some imagination, some some uh, mental construct, some spirituality, just like reading a book, right? Yeah. You, you put the book down, and everything's frozen in time until you go back there, and you pick up right where you left off, and music should be kind of like that. It's a magic carpet ride, man. Yeah, I agree H-N- with you. I agree with you. I mean, there's so many songs dating back to the 80s where, you know, there's certain songs that you'd listen to and you go, okay, I know exactly what he's saying here. But then there's other songs where you would use your imagination. It depended on what the band was, like for Iron Maiden, for for example, or, you know, like early Queensryche, stuff like that, where where it was kind of, I guess Queensryche was kind of like considered the thinking man's band kind of thing at that time, right? Yeah. Which was cool. And Sabotage as well. You guys mentioned Sabotage earlier. And I think yeah. they're kind of in that category as well. I love that band as well. So so that's yeah. cool. And then... Yeah, I, I actually, actually go off, sorry, but to go off that point, like, um, I, you know, I've been listening to Judas Beast for I don't know how long. I'm going to tell you the truth. There's, there's some things that, like, I have no idea what, what, what this is about because they're, they're either too vague or... or, or I, I I don't know. This is it's like I I I have like Rob. I have no idea what you're you're singing about. It sounds great though, but I have no idea what you're talking about. So well, I, <laughs> again, that's you know that's artist prerogative. Sense if it, if we if we spell everything out, um, I think it doesn't leave anything up to the imagination, right? And sometimes yeah. you know, I mean, given his history, there was things he was probably hinting at, but didn't right. necessarily want to come out and say which is okay you know yeah. um yeah i mean he did you know he had his sci-fi horror stuff that he would throw in there and he would use these real big words so as a kid you're like what does that word mean <laughs> i don't know that's so true he sounds good though he adds a high school at the end it's perfect you know what i mean so it's work check mark <laughs> well, you're kind of like how the hell did he do that how did he put that in there 
Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, so it's, yeah, just the way they, they can entangle, like, um, I've had past band members, they call me Dr. Seuss because of the, <laughs> the wordplay that I, sometimes it makes it very difficult for them to sing at times, so we have to then kind of massage it so we can get it out. But yeah. It's funny, it's good, it's, yeah, it's good. I like that, though. And I mean, I was going to ask about We Shall All Fall, because, I mean, that was, that was the one that kind of reminded me of Metal Church. It's very, it's kind of evil sounding to me. But again, I mean, we kind of touched on that, the fact that it's up for interpretation, because I was going to say, you know, is that in a political sense? Is it about death in the end? But yeah. it's, it's all of that. And it's we. So for us, this the whole besides celebrating our 10 year anniversary, our the blood and steel editions are kind of we're paying tribute to some bandmates of ours. Um over the years that had passed away in the past 12 months or so. And that's kind of where, you know, I mean, that song was written during the pandemic, right? The, the initial restrictions and all that kind of stuff. And I think it reflects what a lot of us were feeling and going through and then le losing people that you couldn't, in a sense, almost properly grieve. You know, there was no funeral and it was kind of, you know, it's almost tucked under the rug. And it was it was a shame because there was all this upheaval going on and people were still, you know, passing away or having the issue on other avenues. And so that's kind of where that you're absolutely right. It's where kind of, we all sooner or later, we all, we all fall, no matter how big we are, how, how successful we make it or, you know, we all have to come to terms at some point. So why not? Why not, you know, kind of embrace what's happening for everybody and, and make it more of an uplifting experience for everyone rather than a, you know, a push down type of thing. So because we all end up in the same spot that we don't want to talk about. It, That's you know? so true. Exactly. <laughs> I think some people forget that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, we're only here a short, short time, man. It really sometimes it baffles me thinking about it. Like when you're writing a song like, man, you know. Considering the, the age of the world and everything that goes on, we're just kind of, you know, 100 years from now, no one's knowing who's going to remember. Well, I mean, the legacy is the music, right? Someone puts it on. Hopefully, 100 years from now, someone's going to put it on and go, oh, man, this is cool. Right on. Let's, you know. I hope so. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, the last track, A Fitting End, <laughs> kind of says it all. Yeah. Well, again, you know that the uh, the narration on that was done by one of our former bandmates who had passed away, and it was done for another project, and it just sat on the shelf. It never, it was never complete, and I had to talk to some, you know, prior band members, like from another band. I said, "Listen, would you mind if we use that and uh, pay tribute to Dave?" Um, it would be, a, I think it would be, you know, we'd be honored to have it on the, on the release. And I think it'd just be a great way to, uh, to do that. And, um, it, and it worked, you know, we, we, it was just a narration, something that I, I had written years ago. And like I said, it just kind of sat on the shelf and it, it was almost, it almost kind of fell into like, nobody remembered it. That's how long ago it was done. So wow. we uh, had it remixed and cleaned up and then, uh, added to the music that we created. And, um, I think it works great. Yeah. It turned out good. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I like the whole EP. It was really, really, really well done. It's really good. 
So now I have to go, and I, and I hate to say this, now I have to go back and listen to your prior catalog and dig through it and after our conversation because I'm intrigued now. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, so that's cool. Now, I, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show today, but before I let you go, um, we did promote a little bit, but I mean, now's the time to promote a little bit more. Where can you be found in terms of streaming, physical copies, band info, all that important stuff? Uh, you can go to cornersofsanctuary.com. From there, you can get to all our other social links. Um, you can sign up for our newsletter, the um, Cause Nation. You can uh, check out our full catalog. There's even some free downloads on there. Cool. Um, you can see some online merch. Uh, we also have exclusive merch that we either advertise strictly on Facebook or it's available at our, you know, at our shows, which aren't happening right now. But uh, but they're there if, if you're ready for it. Um, but, yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, are we on Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. You know, whatever. <laughs> uh, all those things that the people like punching into yeah, and stuff. But yeah. keep us there. You can find us on Spotify and Amazon. You can go to rflrecords.com. You can order our stuff there. You can find us on YouTube. We got videos out, both lyric and production videos. Uh, we got videos that we shot while we were in the UK. We got videos what we shot while we were in the uh, Germany. Germany. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. There's even some. Some live footage, I think, of us when we were in Belgium. A couple, yeah, cool. couple, couple videos leaked out there. So there's, it's cool stuff, you know. Cool. Now the back catalog, the the stuff that isn't on RFL, is it easy to find? Yeah, you can. Yeah, actually, you can. You can still find um, several of our. I think the only two albums that you can't three albums you can't find our first three albums. Uh, they're they're discontinued at this point, um, and that's okay. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? um, but uh, from Metal Machine on, from 2015 on, you can find them uh, pretty much anywhere: Amazon, iTunes. Uh, most of our most of our EPs from that point um, are holiday EPs. If you're into uh, holiday metal music, original uh, holiday yeah. metal music, we have plenty of that. Yeah. So. Uh, actually, if you just do a search, Corners of Sanctuary, you'll find a ton of stuff. A lot of it you'll probably get for free. It just won't sound very good. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. Well, guys, thank you very much. And uh, I hope you have a great uh, Easter weekend. It's Easter, so we're... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm off my... I'm off work. I, I have a full-time job, so I'm off for the next four days, and I'm pretty happy awesome. about that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for having us on. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, no thank problem. You. Thank you for joining me. And I will let you know when this posts okay. so that you can, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send it via email to you and you can do, if you want to share it or whatever on Facebook or whatever. Absolutely. That's yeah, great. we'll share. Okay. Not a problem. Definitely go ahead. We'll definitely put it out there. Okay. We appreciate thanks, it. Guys. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Have okay, a good guys. one. Rock on. See you there. All right. See you bye. Later. Bye.